Turn over, if you would, this morning to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. We're going to look at a message today titled, Trusting God When Your Back's Against the Wall. Trusting God When Your Back Is Against the Wall. Uh, today, there is a whole lot of people, I can tell you, that they feel like their back's against the wall. Now, it, it can be the nation that we, we, we know that we're up against it there. We know no matter which way, if God doesn't get involved, this nation's trying to tear apart. We know that the enemy, that's his plan, and that's what he's trying to do. We also know that people have been rejecting God for a long time, and they've turned God away from God, and we know that God has been trying to shake our nation. We see things are happening, and I'm telling you, it's not over. But let me tell you something. You may not only be in our nation, but even in your life right now, we don't know everything. You don't know what I go through many times, and I don't know what you're going through. Sometimes, and that's the, what the enemy loves that, because he wants you to be, feel like your back's against the wall. No one else knows. No one else cares. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's where he wants you to be. You ever been there? You ever been there? You feel like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't take another step. I'm against the wall. You've heard between a rock and a hard place. That's where we are today, and that's where many of us find ourselves even this morning. Well, I'm here to encourage you this morning. That's exactly the place where God can do His greatest work. That's when God can do His greatest work. I don't know how everything turns out. I don't know what happens even in your situation. But I can tell you this. If you put your complete confidence in Him, He'll come through for you. He'll be faithful to you. He'll work mightily in your, on your behalf. We're going to look at the first nine verses of Exodus 14 and we're going to see God show Himself mighty on behalf of His people. Verse 1 says in Exodus 14, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pi-Haharath, and between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Zephon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot, and he took his people with him, and he took 600 chosen chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt, and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea besides Pi-Haharath before Baal-Zephon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that God, there is never a circumstance in our lives that, God, you're not aware, that, God, you're not already at work and moving. And, God, we know that, Lord, as we go through struggles, when we feel like we're against the wall and there's nothing we can do, that's where we need to be, God, because we can't do anything in ourselves. It's only as you help us, God. You're the one who has the answer. You're the one you want our eyes upon. And, God, you'll deliver and do mighty things against a people, Lord, that gives you their confidence, Lord. You'll help, and you'll deliver, and you'll show yourself mighty, and you'll pour out your spirit, oh God, and you'll do mighty things. Lord, give us faith in you today, no matter what the circumstance. Let us keep our faith in you, and almighty God, deliver in your mighty hand. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. You know that you can trust God when your back's against the wall. Man, I'm telling you what, sometimes we read these chapters... And we already know the end of the story. So we can, we can look at these people and say, well, what are you worried about, you bunch of goofballs? God's going to deliver you. But they didn't know that. There's times in your life you're going to go through some things, and if you could see the end result, you would be saying the same thing to yourself. God's going to deliver you, you big fruitcake. Hang in there. But we don't because we can't see past the moment. We can't see past the moment, but we can see who we serve. 
And when we see who we serve, we shouldn't be discouraged. Let me tell you something. These, this, is, this is the story you will know that when the, the plagues has all been poured out, God had already he'd heard the cry of his people. God heard the cry of his people. And it went up before him and he said, I'm going to answer that cry. And they had been being tormented by these Egyptians. They'd been taking advantage of them. They'd been killing them. They'd been beating them. They'd been using them. They had not, they'd been treating them wrong. And God heard the cry of his people and he came to do something about it. And while he came to do something about it, they were in the strongest nation in the world at that time. They were under total captivity. It looked like an impossibility. They couldn't hardly believe that it could even happen. But we see that one after another, God showed his mighty power over the people of the Egyptians who were trying to hang on to them. God could have moved them out with one hand. He could have come in and them be asleep, open the door and then walk out like he did Peter. But God had a message he wanted to deliver. Even here, this is the final message he's getting ready to deliver. Not only to Pharaoh, not only to the Egyptians, but the whole world to know that there's a God in heaven that's above it all. It's above it all. That's a song we sung, above it all. And God is the one that's above it all. Hallelujah. So we see that they had the ten plagues that happened. Let me tell you something. It's not part of my message, but let me tell you something. This encouraged me because I started thinking back that when even when God pours out judgment throughout history, He is faithful to His people even when He's pouring out judgment on others. So many times He shows that to be the case. When He brought the flood, Anybody, there was one righteous family that got on a boat and was saved after 120 years, but that was the only ones who had their faith in God. If there would have been a thousand more people, that boat would have been big enough to haul everyone. Anybody that believed in God and trusted in Him got on that boat, and God saved His righteous people amongst a world that He was getting ready to bring judgment upon. It didn't stop there. Even when we see in Sodom and Gomorrah a sin so repudiated in the nostrils of God, the stench came up before him. He came down to destroy a city because the sin was so full that yet even his mercy was showed on a family that in the midst of that city that was a righteous family and God came in with his mercy and led Lot and some of his family out that trusted in God. God showed mercy upon his people in the midst of judgment. And then here we see that when these, when these children was there and God's great plagues was poured out over all of Egypt, this little part of, of the corner of Egypt there in Hebron where God's people was, His hand was upon them. He protected His people. He delivered them. And they didn't suffer one thing that everybody else did. You know what that tells me is that God is able to keep His hand upon His people in the midst of Because we look at things and we say, Lord, it's going to get worse. We know that things is going to get worse because of the wicked hearts of men and the stuff that's going on. We know that things are getting worse. But I can tell you, but not part of this message, maybe the next one, but I can tell you God keeps His hand upon His people. God keeps his hand upon them. So he brings his people out, and they're coming out. And that one verse says, they come out with a high hand. What is it saying? That's like a hand, that is like a shout. And that's almost like someone coming out with, with, with uh, 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 defiance. The word actually is like defiance. They come out and say, see what God has done. See what our God has done as they leave the city. And they are standing there and they're walking high. And they're, they're excited. God's finally done it. He said he's going to do it. We didn't believe he could do it. Now they've left. Do you all realize that there ain't a time in your life that God gives you a victory that the enemy won't be right on your heels to try to convince you to take it away from you? He'll do it every time. You can count on that, but it's not over. If God took you out, God will give us the victory waiting on you. Amen? God has the victory. And so we see here, they're now traveling a few days into the desert, and we see that, listen, sometimes you're going to see this kind of, this troubles us sometimes. It troubles us because we don't want to go through troubles. But if you read this, you realize that God was instrumental in this happening because God knew what He was going to do and God was going to bring an end to this, uh, uh, this, this, this reproach against Israel. The way they had treated them and so forth and their hearts were hardened against the things of God. God wasn't done yet because they hadn't got the lesson. They hadn't humbled themselves before God. And they came one more time and said, we're not letting those people go. We're gonna, they would have probably pursued them across the, the Red Sea if they could have got across. And he knew that this was never going to be done until he broke them completely. And so they rejected the things of God. And so God is the one that says, harden Pharaoh's heart. And he came one last time. God had a point to make. And it wasn't a point just for, just for Pharaoh, but for the rest of the world. We're going to look at that in a minute. Here's the one I want to answer a few questions for you today. What do you do when your back's 
against the what should you know? What confidence can you have if your back is against the wall? And if it's never been there, it will be shortly, or you'll have that. Every one of us, I think, has probably experienced that. And today, your back may be against the wall. Here's one thing you need to go. I brought this up just a minute ago. Here's the thing you need to know. If your back is against the wall, you need to realize your God is above it all. In verse 1 and 2, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn in an encamp before Pi-Haharath between Migdal and the sea over against Baal-Zephon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. What it's saying here is, God, they didn't, they didn't even know the battle was coming. They didn't even know what was going on. But God knew it all. God already knew what was going on before they even got into the battle. That's one assurance that you can have in your life today. There is never a battle that you will face. Whatever problems got you against the wall, God is above it all. He knows it all. He's above it all. He is aware of where you are at. You will never, that's the first thing that comes to your mind. God, where are you? And God could answer from heaven and say, I'm above it all. I'm above it all. Oh, you need to realize that because sometimes we need strength to realize God is aware of where we're at. He knew where his people were. We're going to see that he was directing their steps the entire time. The next thing we're going to see is that not only when your back's against the wall, your God is already at work. You're before you even get to the place where you're in the struggle, you're in the fearful spot. God's already working in people whose hearts are given completely to him. The people whose trust is him. He's already at work. He's already at work. We see in verse 3 it says, For Pharaoh will say, this is God speaking. God's saying it before it even happens. He's telling Moses. He's giving him an, an, a little update saying, Here's what's getting ready to happen. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. Why, why by the way, why would he think that? God had them going a certain way in the wilderness. And then he told them, "Take a Come back. From where you are, take a left turn and go over. In fact, if you look at where he took them, he took them in between two big rock walls and the ocean. It was the worst strategic place you could have ever been if an enemy was after you. They were trapped on every side. And we see that, but God did this on purpose. If you see what he did, he took them out. He turned them back and then he went to the side next to the water. And he knew the thoughts that Pharaoh had had. The reason he did it, he would see that they got weary in the wilderness and they're already too weak and they're running for cover. And it would give him a false hope that he could defeat the army of God or God's people. And the biggest thing is he thinks he could defeat God and he can't. And it says that he will uh, harden his heart. And, and that uh, says that in verse 4, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did what he said. They did so. They did what he told them to do. They didn't know what was going on. He didn't tell By the way, if you read this, he didn't tell Moses the whole game plan. He, he said, I'm putting you in a bad spot, Moses, and you tell him to do it, but I'm not telling you what I'm going to do to get you out of that bad spot. Don't you wish God would do that sometimes, that God would give you a little, a little all points bulletin and say, by the way, tomorrow afternoon about 3 o'clock you're going to get out of this. I'm going to come through for you. We wish he would do that. But that's where faith comes in. That's why we struggle with faith is because we don't get the all points bulletin of what God's getting ready to do. But he's still there. And he's still at work on your behalf. How many times can we look in our lives and we see when God finally comes through with an answer, you can look back and see God had to put that answer in motion before the problem even happened. How many times has he done that? He did it right here. Before the problem even become a problem, he was already directing their steps so he can mislead Pharaoh, so he could destroy him once and for all. God's on the throne. Hallelujah. We see 
that it says, and it was told the king that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants had turned against the people. And they said, we have, why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And they made ready his chariot. He took his people with him, and he took 600, the best chariots he had. Let me tell you something about these chariots. Let me tell you something about this army that they're getting ready to face. They were the number one army in the entire world at that time. These chariots, they, uh, Egypt is the one that created chariots. They, this was something, this was the most advanced military technology that there was. It was a fearful thing. And he picked the 600 best that he had. He wasn't coming down there to play games with these people. He was coming down to wreak havoc on these people. He was going to bring them back under bondage. And he would destroy them if they would have resisted. Now, there would have been 600,000 men. There would have been over 2 million total. But there would have been over 600,000 men in these Hebrews. But they were no match for the army they were getting ready to face. In fact, it was the most powerful nation on earth as America is today. It's the most powerful nation. And you can imagine people, six uh, church people going against the, the mighty power of the military of the United States. It would be a little match in our own flesh, but not against our God. Hallelujah. And so we see that that's what they were pursuing him. And it says in verse 9, but the Egyptians pursued after them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and they overtook them encamping by the sea besides Pi-Haharath before Baal-Zephon. Why were they where they were? Why were they there? Worst strategic place you could have ever put these people. But it was exactly where God wanted them to be. There is times that you're going to find yourself against the wall and it looks like God doesn't know where you are and you are going to be exactly where God wanted you to be. Because it's at those moments you can't save yourself. It's in times that we live in today. We can't save ourselves. We can't fix the, the struggles that we're going against. We can't put a nation back together. We can't do anything. But we serve a God who can. Hallelujah. He's above it all. Hallelujah. God's already at work on your behalf. I don't care what you're going through. You serve God. He's already at work on your behalf. You don't have to see it. You don't have to see how he can do it. He doesn't have to be like Elijah that says, or Elisha that says, open up the servant's eyes. They can see all, the, all the, the, that those that stand with us and the hills are filled up and they can see all the angels that was getting ready, that was ready to fight. We don't have to see that because we know who we serve. They're there. God's on the throne. You know what else that we can have confidence? Because your God is always faithful. Can you say amen? Your God is always from the, from the beginning of time until right now in your life. When you look back, can you say, God, you have always been faithful to me. He had been faithful to them up to this point and they should be able to but it's so hard isn't it so hard to trust because why we look at the problem we're facing and we see that we are unable to do anything about it verse 10 says and when Pharaoh drew nigh here they see them coming they see the they see the dust coming and then they realize the word comes to them it's Pharaoh and his army and their swords are drawn and they're bearing down on us and they're coming to take us out we're trapped they felt like rats trapped and there was nowhere they could go exactly where God wanted them, exactly the moment because he wanted that enemy to think that they were trapped and he wanted them people to realize I can deliver you even when you're against it no matter what you're going against. And we see it says, and, and they were sore afraid and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. That's the good part. We need to, when we get in a mess, we need to cry out to God because He's our only help. Don't cry out, oh me, oh my. Cry out, oh my God, you are my very present help. We see that God is the one we need to cry. But they got fearful because they realized they were facing an enemy that in themselves they couldn't defend. Verse 11 says they started as they did over and over. Why God has mercy on us sometimes, I don't know. We all do this at different times. We grumble because, God, why are you letting us get in this spot? We could have just stayed where we were. Uh, and it says in verse 11, And they said unto Moses, because, uh, Is it because there was no graves in Egypt that thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Verse 12 says, Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? Moses saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. They're sitting there saying, Yeah, we know God's moving. We've seen God move, but did He bring us out here just to kill us in the wilderness? We would have been better off to stay in bondage. 
But let me tell you something. The answer is this. The same God that brought you out of bondage is the same one who will give you victory today. He's the same. He didn't, he didn't wake up today unprepared for the battle you face today. No, he knew before he brought you out of that situation. He knows what you're going to face. And let me tell you something else. This will help you a little bit. He knows tomorrow too. Uh, you, he'll get you through today, but he's not stuck at today or tomorrow. But every day of your life, he's already available and made a way through every situation you face. You can trust him. You can put your trust in him. Hallelujah. He's always faithful. Amen. And that's what they should have been doing is trusting and remembering what God had done for them. You know why else we can have confidence? Number four, your God says don't fear. We can have confidence because God says, I'm the one that's in control. What are you worried about? I'm the one that's going to do it. You don't need to fear. We see that Moses' answer in verse 13 says, And Moses said unto the people, they're panicking. They're, as we would. I mean, we, we condemn them, but we'd be freaking out too. I mean, we're freaking out right now, some of us, right? We get freaked out because we're like, God, what's going on? Lord, we, there's a million people fast. There's people, all this stuff. This, this whole situation's crazy, and it looks like it's going to keep going and going and going and going. And, and Lord, this, is, this can't be you. You're supposed to be peace, God. This, this is confusion. And so we know that God says, don't fear. Just wait on me. I, I know what I'm doing. Verse 13 says, and Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. I love these words, stand still. Stand still, don't do anything. You just sit there. I give you the best seat in the house. You got a seat where you can watch what I'm getting ready to do. Just shh, stand still. Watch the glory of God at work. And you will never forget what you're about to see. It says, and see the salvation, the saving of the Lord, which he will shew you. He's going to let you see it today. Oh, and he goes on. Boy, this is, oh, this is powerful. For the Egyptians whom ye shall see today, ye shall, ye shall see them again no more forever. This is the last time you're going to deal with this. Oh, isn't that exciting? When God comes against something you're facing and you feel like it's getting ready to take you down and you're fearful and God says, watch me stand there, be quiet. You let me do the work and you will never face this problem ever again your entire life. I give complete victory when I give victory. Oh, what a powerful thing that he said to him and all oh, that we can hang on to that. Don't fear, don't fear. For the Egyptians, you say you'll never see forever again. And the first 14 says, The Lord shall fight for you. Hallelujah. And ye shall hold your peace. Calm down. Just calm down. Who is your trust in? The reason you're so freaked out sometimes is because who your uh, faith is on. One reason is we have fear is that our ability is insufficient. Uh, we run out of our ability just like that. I mean, hey, the first problem we get hit with, all right, I'm already out of resources. What do we do now? <laughs> what am I going to do, Lord? I'm already done. I'm already exhausted. I can't take it anymore, and it's only been going for five minutes. I'm done. Another reason we fear is, is who is in charge of our lives. So many times it's us or it's that job we have or that security or our family that we know will take care of us or maybe it's the government. We have a good country and we know they're going to take care of us and we don't have to fear. But when all that gets taken away, where's your faith? What happens to our faith when things turn upside down? It's because our faith is in the wrong person. It's important to know who your faith is in. We need to not fear. And it, we, we will fear if we have it in the wrong person. I was reading a, a little story, uh, maybe just an illustration. I was talking about there was people on a big 747 plane. And you know how it goes right before you take off many times. You may have heard this. In fact, the 747 was already taxiing down the runway, getting ready to take off. And all the passengers had already buckled up and was chatting and getting ready for liftoff. And a voice came over the intercom. And it was the, it was the plane's uh, captain. And the voice said, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard Flight 22. We're bound for London's Heathrow Airport. We'll be climbing to an altitude of 30,000 feet. We'll be traveling an airspeed of 660 miles per hour. Our flight plan will take us across Canada and Greenland and Iceland and over the tip of Ireland. Our flying time will be about nine hours today. As soon as we are airborne, the flight attendants will be serving you breakfast. We'll take off just as soon as I get up the nerve. 
That would be a fearful thing, wouldn't it? That would be a fearful thing if the person that's piloting your ship is fearful to take off. But we don't have to worry about that when our confidence is in the Lord because He's never been caught unaware and He's never been fearful in His life. And He's already victorious. Amen? Hallelujah. Another reason we fear is we just can't see what God's doing. We don't know what He's doing. It would be wonderful if we did. But we know that God is able. We've seen Him do things before. But God, this, we've never been against anything like this. This is bigger than anything we've been against. Lord, you've been faithful and I praise you for that. But we are fearful because we don't know what God is doing. In the midst of fear, we can sometimes be paralyzed with fear because we forget what God has done in the past. That's the first thing we've got to do when we face fear is to look what God did in the past. I doubt there's anyone in here that God hasn't been faithful to so many times when we didn't deserve it. God came through us so many ways and sometimes so unexpectedly. We knew there was a pathway for him to come here and it would have been just fine. But he came through a direction we didn't even see him coming and it was even greater than we could even imagine. God has proved himself over and over. And when he looked at these people, they should have been able to look back and say, God, the very reason we're even here is because of your faithfulness. God, the very reason we're even set free is because of your faithfulness. Because of all the things that hit Egypt and you spared us every plague. In fact, everything was just peachy and rosy where we we were, everything was going wonderful. We didn't suffer anything. And all the Egypt was being bombarded by your judgment. And yet your hand was upon us. They should have been able to trust God through this. And I can't condemn them because I can forget just as easy. If we don't watch, the fear of what we're facing paralyzes us. It causes us to shut down. And we don't know what to do. And fear will overcome you. So the word that he gives us in our situation is don't fear. Keep your confidence in Him. When your back's against the wall, He is already at work. He's already moving. And He says, don't fear. You know what else we can do? Number five, God is a very present help. It's true. How many times have you been through it? And you may have been cruising around on the mountaintop the last little bit. You've been, woo, been feeling great. And, and, and But you've really not been in prayer like you should have been because why? I'm on the mountaintop. Hey, I prayed myself to get up on the top and now things are going good and you find yourself getting spiritually weaker and weaker because why? Woo, I'm on the mountaintop. I'm okay. I've got enough. It'll take me a while. But then you find yourself back in another valley. You find yourself in that, as Psalms 23 says, that dark valley. And we find out that we realize that we are fearfully alone and we need help. But it is in those moments that God's presence can be stronger and more powerful and more real to you in those moments than any other time. We need Him more in those times. So you can realize that God is a very present help. Verse 19 says, And the angel of God, by the time many times it says that, it's referring to Christ Himself in Scripture. But it says, And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them and the pillar of the cloud went before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and, and the camp of Israel and it was a cloud and darkness to them but it gave light by night to these so that one came not near the other all the night. They seen these Egyptians bearing down on them and at any moment they were going to be right on top of them and it was going to be too late. But God already on the scene knew exactly what he was going to do. God was prepared. He was already, this is the moment he's been waiting on to show his glory. And so that presence of God that was leading them, hey, that's the best place we can be, is if we're following the presence of God and the leading of God, you're exactly where he wants. That's how you can know. When you face that enemy and you face that wall and your back's against it, and you can say, God, I've been listening to what you've been saying. God, I've been on my knees in prayer. And Lord, I didn't see this coming. Then God can say, you're here because I've got you here. And when I've got you here, I'm ready to do something in your life. Just trust me. Even though it's hard, trust in me. So it says that that spirit went and come from before them and stood between them. And let me tell you something. Can you imagine that these Egyptians thought that they could even lay one finger? You have the mighty presence of God himself standing there above them. And in fact, if you read what it's actually talking about, it says that this cloud covered over those Egyptians where they couldn't see the hand in front of their face. There was darkness that came over the Egyptians to where they couldn't pursue because they couldn't even see each other, much less the enemy. If they were to get into a battle, they'd be wiping each other out. So they had to stop. 
Let me tell you something. When God gets involved, they can't do anything to you. At the same time, the other side of that cloud was bright light. It says that it was a fire, if you read what it actually is talking about. It says that it was pillars of fire. The glory of God was shining. That they could see in night just as if it was day. But on the other side, it was pure darkness. You couldn't even see the light. What an amazing thing. Why is that possible? Because we got a God can do anything. When you're going through the deepest, darkest part of your life, when we're going through struggles in our nation and we're called out on a God, let me tell you something. God can take His hands and put around His people. God's hands will be stronger, more real in your life than any other time. Why? Because He's on the throne and He cares for His people and He hears our cry and He'll answer. And no matter how it turns out, God's glory and presence can be stronger in your life than any other time right now. And no matter how dark it gets, keep looking to Him. His presence will be more real than any other time. We need Him. Hey, there's a whole lot of people that will come to God in trouble when they would never come in triumph. When everything's going great, everything's going good in their life, you shake up their life a little bit and they start looking for what? Oh, God, there must be, we got to run to God. Why? Because we don't know what we're going to do. God can be very present. In the time of truth. Listen, there is a psalm. You've got, if I'm t- I tell you to underline things in your Bible. If there's one verse you need to underline, highlight, uh, put on a card, put on your phone. This one verse was, has been more powerful to me in times of trouble than any other. Psalms 46.1. I'm going to read four verses in Psalms 46. This number one, this first verse is very powerful. It says, God is our, our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. I'm going to go on just a second. But it says, let me read that one more time. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. And it goes on in verse 2 and says, Therefore, because of this, we will will not fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Let me tell you something. God's presence can sweep through your spirit even in the midst of calamity. Even in the midst when this world is fearful and things are being shaken, God can come through the mighty spirit, His mighty spirit and move in our lives greater than any other time to show Himself, I am there. I am sufficient. I am your very present. I love that very present. Hell, He's there. He's there. He's very much there. And you know He's there. Hallelujah. God is on the scene in the midst of your trouble. He's there on the scene. When you're going through it, you don't want to just get go back and say, i got to find a scripture. Lord, I, I need some help. Lord, you got to talk to me. Let me tell you something. His Spirit will come around you so strong. When you call on Him in the time of trouble, you'll know He's there. You'll know He's there. Hallelujah. He's in the midst of your trouble. He don't leave you alone. He comes right down. Where was He right in this situation? He's right there. He was between them and the Egyptians. Trouble had to get through him to get to you. And when he, that's the case, you can count on it. He's under control. They ain't nothing. They can't touch you. They ain't nothing can touch you unless he lets it through. Number two, and B, God surrounds you with his spirit and with his hand. His hand's upon you all the way around you. The enemy can't get to you. And then nothing can touch you that God doesn't allow. He holds it back. That enemy couldn't even see what to do. When they came against Lot's house and they was trying to get those two angels, they were blind and they couldn't even find the door. They couldn't find the door. Why? God blinded him. God's got you. God's got you. He knows what he's doing. And this is the moment that God has been waiting for. God can show himself more real in times like this than any other time. Because the world will see him in times of calamity and trouble. So we see that God is a very present help. You know what? Number six. I've got just a couple more, I promise. About eight or ten minutes. Your God will make a way. God will make a way. You don't have to see it. You don't have to see what he's going to do. It's just amazing sometimes to say, well, God, I can't see it. That's the best part because whatever you do, it's going to be amazing. Because there is no way. I don't look. There's no escape hatch. There's no back door, God. I'm against an ocean behind me. I've got two high mountain walls on my sides. I've got an enemy breathing down my throat. And what are we going to do, Lord, unless we fly? We're in trouble. And so you need to realize that you don't have to understand it. You serve a God. He will make a way. 
He will make a way. Hallelujah. And verse 21 says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea with all their possessions and all their cattle and everything that God had blessed them and all the loot that they took out of Egypt when they left. If you know the story, they took all their gold and silver and they just handed it to them and they got it all with them. And it says they're going across on dry land and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? I mean, there, listen, people, there has been scientists and people tried their best to explain this thing away. They found parts of the Red Sea that's really low and they said, oh, but certain times of the, of, of the year it gets really low and it would be possible for them. But it says they went across on dry land. Let me tell you what's even greater. If it was dry land, boy, it was even a bigger miracle that God drowned the entire army in a, in a, a, uh, in, in a muddy swamp or in uh, just soft mud. Well, it took a major thing for God to do that, but he did. Can you imagine the truth is that God held the walls. Whatever you're facing, God can push it apart. God can make a way right through the middle of that. Oh, can you imagine walking through and seeing into that water on the left and right as a te- every step was like, God, you're great. God, you're awesome. God, I can't believe what you're doing. God, you're the most unbelievable thing. No one will believe this. My grandkids will never believe what I got to see here today. Oh, let me tell you something. God will make a way. When your back's against the wall, you can keep trusting God. He'll lead you if you'll trust Him. God sometimes will leave you, lead you over the problem. That man that was paralyzed and his friends brought him to Jesus and they couldn't get in. They had to come over the obstacle. But they got to Jesus and he met his need. Sometimes God will lead you around the problem. Away from it and around it. When, when the Lord poured out the Spirit in, in, in Jerusalem and the church was being attacked, the enemy was coming against the church and they scattered. It looked like they were out of control. What in the world's going on, God? Do you know what you're doing? The people are leaving. But God knew exactly what He was doing. He was sending them out as evangelists. And within two years, they reached the entire known world for Christ. God knew what He was doing. He was the one leading them out. He knew what He was doing. Sometimes God will lead you through a problem. They marched around Jericho. Walls that were impenetrable. There was nobody in the known world would have ever thought they could have got through because they talked about how thick and tall these walls were. That they could have several chariots side by side running across the tops of these walls. They were massive. Houses were built inside the walls that were so thick. And they were impenetrable. But God is a God that doesn't, He knows exactly what He's doing. There's nothing can stand before Him. He had a march once, day two once, three, four, five, six, once. The seventh day, I want you to march around this wall seven times. Don't say a word. Well, Lord, how are we going to defeat them? They're going to think we're a bunch of wimps. <laughs> we don't say a word. Should we be going, or something like that? You know, should we show them how bad we are? No, you just be quiet. This ain't your battle. This ain't your battle. And they walk, they go around seven times. And he says, when you get done with that seventh time and you get to signal, all that pent up anxiety and all that excitement inside of you, you let it go then. And they got around that seventh time and all of a sudden they're still looking. Those walls were just as thick as they were before. Those walls were just as impenetrable as they were before. In fact, these people got pretty confident. They ain't going to do a thing to us. We've been doing this for a week and nothing's happened. They're so weak they can't even holler or do anything. But all of a sudden the glory of God came forth as they shouted and blew those horns. All of a sudden the great and mighty obstacle that stood in front of them that was impenetrable. They didn't know how they was going to make entry. It collapsed flat with the ground. It says they walked straight in. That wall that was so thick all of a sudden fell down. It's it's like if you get a picture of it, it's like the ground opened up and it just, like an elevator just drops right down into the ground and they all walked straight forward and took the city. Whatever you face, God can take you around it. He can take you over it. And sometimes He'll take you through it. And we see here that in sometimes we get to see, just like Jericho, we get to see in this one that God can do the impossible. God can do the impossible that not you receive glory or me, but that only he could. So we see that this situation he was going to receive. So we see God will make a way. 
Number seven, one more. God, your God will fight your battles. He's the one who's going to fight your battle. He didn't want you to do it. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need my, I'm telling you what, if he needed me, he'd be in trouble. But he knows that he's the one that can do it. He wants us to not lean on our own strength, but trust him. He's the one that will fight our battles. They're now the sea is separated. They're going through the middle of the sea, and they've got a head start. Still black back here. But when God sees there's enough space, that there's a gap there that he can lead them in. He then lets this probably dissipate. It doesn't tell, but all of a sudden they can see again. And here they see, they're trying to get away. And they see this incredible thing. And yet they are so hardened that God, God's got, let me tell you something. The enemies that come against you, they think somehow they can get in their mind that they can win. They think that they can win. But God has got favorable with a hook in his nose. God is pulling him. Come on. Come on. You think you can. You're getting ready to see who you really face. It's not these people. It's not these people. It's the God that's over these people. You're getting ready to face the wrath of a holy God that you have been rejecting. A God that you had ten chances to repent in front of. And you would not. And now we're going to lead you. And the world is going to know who I am because of what happens to you today. And he pulls them and they're flying into that and the ground is just dry and they're coming across it. And we see that it says, and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, it was between, it was this, uh, uh, this the watch was between 3 a.m. And, and daylight. It says that the, he, the Lord looked Unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire. Through that pillar of fire and of the cloud. And he troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their wheels, their chariot wheels. And they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel. For they finally seen it. The Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. It's too late. They finally realize who they were truly facing. And they're coming through the bottom of this dry bank. And all of a sudden, different translations says they swerved. Some of them says they got bogged down in mud. And some of them says that their wheels fell off. Either way, their chariots were useless. The thing that they put their confidence in became the thing that was the very thing that destroyed them. Is they got bogged down because their might was brought to naught. And when it was too late, we see that God brought a great victory. Your God will fight your battles. Your God will fight your battles. All we have to do is just watch Him. All we got to do is trust Him. Hallelujah. Those enemies that rejected God and His righteousness had a false sense that they were the ones in control and that there was nothing that anybody else can do. But they're not looking at the people as fighting their battles. They are fighting against God and He has never lost a battle. Don't think he'll start with you. It won't happen. Finally, we can see that we can rejoice when we're backs against the wall because your God has already won. It's already won before you even go into the battle. It's already done. You just got to trust him. You got to listen to him, follow him, keep your confidence in him, rejoice in him, trust in him. Don't be fearful and watch him as he delivers you. It says in verse 26, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, and upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled, they thought, oh, we got to get out of here, but it didn't work. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots, and the horsemen, and all the host of faith, that came into the sea after them and there remained not so much as even one of them. Oh my God, you are so... If you look at that word when it's talking about, it says that God pushed them down to the bottom. He came in, the force of that water came in in such a mighty wave that it took them and they just shoved them to the bottom and pinned them down. And if finally they were everyone drowned, not one person not one horse, not one person was able to escape. Verse 30 says, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. Their enemy 
that was coming to annihilate them were now the ones defeated. They didn't see it coming. It was too late. Let me tell you something. Whatever's going on in your life, you trust God. Someone comes against you and they're trying to destroy you. Trust God. God's got it under control. God's got it under control. <coughs> he has the last words. Listen, we've seen something like this as I close. We see the same mentality at the cross. We see an enemy that God's son is being lifted up on a cross. And Satan, in his, uh, all of his efforts, he thought he could, he could, his hate w- was, was, was brought out in such a way against the Christ, the Son of God, and that he got others to hate him. We, we're living in a lot of hate right now. I've never seen the beat in my life. But there is the, the enemy came against the power of God and the plan of God with his hate. He caused confusion amongst the saints. He caused confusion amongst the people. Even some that have been following him and saying Hosanna a few days before are now saying crucify him. Confusion. We see that today, don't we? And he thought that he could win a victory. He, he, he seen what he did back in, in, in the garden and he thought I can, I can do it again. I, I can thwart the plan and efforts of God. I can bring down the Son of God and I'll win the greatest victory of all. He thought that he was winning. He went, took him to the cross. He's sitting there bleeding. And at the last moment when he said, it is finished. And he took his last breath. Can you imagine the enemies of God, the satanic foes that had been there that day, that they were rejoicing. We've won the battle. We've won the battle. It's over. We've done it. I knew we could. I knew we could. They drove into the, the water after them and, and they separated and they're coming after them and they're about up on top of them and they're saying, we've got them. We've got them. We're the ones in control. But just like these foes at the cross, they didn't realize they played right into the hand of God. The very thing they thought was victory was their own defeat. God was able to break the hold that sin had in people's lives and he was able to bring forgiveness for sin and he was able to break that that chains that the enemy had on people's lives and could give them eternal life. He fell right into it and just like this, the battle was over before it even began. The battle's over. Whenever you're going through, you keep trusting God. You don't see it. It may take a few days to get there, but let me tell you about it. It's over before it even began. No matter what the outcome, you win because of who we serve. When God won such a decisive victory, it instilled faith in these people toward their God. Oh, they still struggled later, but they was able to go back. They was able to raise up stones. They were able, to, even today, they tell what God did at the Red Sea. Let me tell you how he delivered. and Let me tell you what I saw. So when we see God win a decisive victory, it's not just for one. But God was able to show them faith in their God. You know what? When God wins such a decisive victory, it instills fears, fear in God's enemies. Not only was Egypt fearful, the whole land got the word, their army's gone. The very thing they put their confidence in, their whole army, everything's gone. They're defenseless now. Oh, it got their attention. Do you know that when they got to Jericho and they came and the spies went in and and when they were talking to Rahab and they was asking her about it, what did she say? She says, we've already heard what God did to you on the other side. (laughs) What God did in the Red Sea. We've already, our people's hearts are melted inside of them. Why? Because we already heard what your God can do. (laughs) We already know what we're against. And people are fearful. Why? He got a hold of a whole generation to know that God that Israel's is the real God. And today we know that God won such a decisive victory. It instills confidence in us today because he can do victories in our life just like he did here. He didn't quit. This wasn't the last time God come through. God comes through in your life today if you'll just trust him. Whatever you're going through today, you can trust God even when your back is against the wall. He is he has already won the battle. All he wants to do is just watch what he can do. Watch what he can do. He's not done, folks. He's not done in your life, in your problems, even in our nation. He's not done. God has just begun. And God's going to receive the glory.
Priscilla, if you would come, let's stand this morning and let's just lift up our hands this morning and let's uh, thank God that He has full control. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, that, God, You're on the throne, mighty God, that, Lord, You win great battles, You win great victories in lives that puts their confidence in You. Lord, you're, this nation, God, more than ever before, needs to give their complete confidence to You. We can't trust in ourselves, God. We can't live on yesterday's experience. We can't live, Lord, on a half-hearted Christian experience with you but God you're looking for people who will trust you with all their heart and mind that will do what you tell them to do that will surrender their life to you and God we know that when we do that even when we are up against it your hands will be around us your power will be made evident in our lives and God you will bring victory to our lives God you'll bring revival to your church almighty God you'll bring revival to your church Lord in these darker hours God like never before let your light shine Oh, Lord, that others can see your glory and your presence. Amen. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed just for just a second. I want to make sure, is there anyone this morning, and you're willing to say here this morning that, listen, I know I need, I want to trust God, but this morning I know that my heart and life is not really completely given to God. This morning my heart and life is not completely His. And you just say, pray for me that my heart and my life would be surrendered to Him this morning. If that's you, just raise your hand. I just want to give that opportunity. Oh, I just want to make sure that you have an opportunity to call out on God. Hallelujah. Anybody this morning. Hallelujah. You need God. You want this God to have control of your life. Hallelujah. 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 This morning, let me ask you this other question. In your life, you may be even discouraged. You may be going through some things. You may be needing strength right now. You may have barely made it this morning. But you may say, oh, I want to trust God. I want my, even when my back's against the wall, I'm trusting God. And I need His strength and His help. I need Him to come through for me. And I'm putting my complete trust in Him. This morning, if that's you, just raise your hand and say, yes. I see those hands. Yes, Lord. We're putting our confidence in you this morning. We're putting our trust in you. Hallelujah. That you show yourself mighty. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, I'm telling you, we, this, we cannot. I, I know that you know the reason that God, you all can look at me for just a second before we come and pray. Listen, the, 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 there's no reason that God, God, we see that God in Scripture, 2 Peter, maybe we'll look at that Wednesday night. That's where I was working yesterday. 2 Peter tells us that the reason that God has not come yet is because He wants everyone to be saved. And He wants everyone to have an opportunity to call on Him. And I'm telling you something right now. What We're not seeing revival like we, God wants. We're not seeing the revival. God is holding back his judgment so that his revival his spirit can move across our land and that people will call out on God I believe that God wants to move with a revival like we've never seen in our entire lives I believe that's God's intention that's what God wants to do that's the answer for our nation is a revival to sweep this land that people again would see their wickedness and their indifference toward God and they would see their need and their heart would crumble before him we can't do it in ourselves. There's nothing we can do, but God's Spirit can. So I believe that He's wanting to do that in this last hour. This morning, this altar is open. And it's open for those that will come and say, Lord, I put my complete trust in You. And Lord, I'm looking to You to be my help. I'm looking to You to be my strength. I'm looking to You to be the one that I run to. And Lord, I thank You that, Lord, You are my very present help, Lord. Even in darkness, God, You're available. This altar is open this morning. I encourage you to come and call out on God and that He meets you here in this altar. Almighty God, hallelujah, that He makes a way in your life. He makes a way in our nation that He go, that He stirs with His mighty spirit and presence. Almighty God, Lord, You see the needs. You see the situations, God.